Hey guys, it's Danielle Snyder with No Filter. We just had Gary V on my podcast and we wanted to put it here so you guys could give it a listen as well. Tune in to everything I do by searching No Filter with Danielle Snyder on iTunes or checking me out on Instagram, Danielle A. Snyder. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Okay, hey guys, it's Danielle Snyder with No Filter. This is episode six with my favorite Gary that's not my dad. That's right. What up, Gary Vaynerchuk? Things are amazing. Congrats on all the mitzvahs in your life, and I'm super excited to be here. Oh, you're the best. Well, last time we were here, you had me on your podcast. That's right. And that's the reason I have my podcast. So I'm I'm new to this whole podcast game, and I'm hoping- How's it going so far? It's going. I'm still trying to figure out. I've got great people, you included. Yeah. Um, Questlove, included. Brooklyn Decker. I'm the best guest you've you, had. Of course who are those two guests. people? You're crushing it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, who else? Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR. I actually had some people that I think you would be really impressed by. When are you going to get to those people? I'm <laughs> kidding. I love Jimmy and Brooklyn and Quest. They're amazing. <laughs> okay. I mean, so listen, I, they, that's exactly why people should be doing podcasts. Like you, I know you off camera, like you're such a wonderful person who's running the scene and like, like it's a, those are absurd guests. There are people you. who will spend 13 years building up their podcast to maybe get one of those three as a guest and like celebrate it for months. For you to come out the gate, it's a testament to who you are as a person that those people wanted to do that when you had three listeners, right? I mean, you, you being you being one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm like on top of your fucking, but I'm the one who knew it was episode six. <laughs> this is true. Just, well, just for the record. Ironically, yes. I think. Um, Which I'm offended about because I uh, wanted my to be favorite number, number one. I know you did, but that your was Tyler's number fault. five, and I knew that because I keep up with you, believe it or that's, not. That's a good job. That's a good job. Um, but I couldn't, you were supposed to be number five. If I you know, remember. we moved this. I remember Tyler. I, and I was Tyler's devastated. barely, barely alive. I'm shocked he's alive. Like, you came in hard. Like, uh, he was scared. I wasn't letting, I wasn't gonna it. give G up. No, I know, no, we did it, I'm super pumped. Um, so 10, 10.30 on a Tuesday night. Ironically, yes. Um, I'm just realizing this now, having this conversation with you. Gary and I met, because none of you know this, but you and I met at South by Southwest, what do you think, six, seven years ago? I was actually staying with Andy in Brooklyn. That's amazing. At South by Southwest, and th- get this, Pure Wow, Ryan, I was hosted with, the party. Hosted the party. I was with Ben Lear. Uh-huh. I got seated next to Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm like, who is this crazy character that... Um, is clearly the most charismatic person I've ever met in my life. But Yeah, he reminds me of myself. And We played the name game. We played the name game. And what was the letter that we got stumped on? It wasn't a... Oh, yeah, it was a letter. I don't remember. But I, it, it the name game been, that we play amongst our little circle friends is like you pick a letter like C... And you literally go around the room and, and like you, say, you have to say like a famous per oh no it's not C I'm sorry you say Chris and then you're like I'm like Chris Weber and you're like Christopher Walken like you have to name a famous person and you can't repeat anybody so you got to pay attention and, and the it's a pretty gnarly game everybody it had to be someone famous you couldn't have just been like Gary, by the fourth hour like of Gary wine though yeah me. that's exactly right and by the way seriously that's what happened the rule was. Two other people at the table had to know who the person was because everybody's got, like, I'm just rolling hardcore sports, right? Like, I'm bringing up, like, backup second baseman from, like, the Mets from 1984, and everyone's like, you know, you need you need to know the room. But I remember in hour four, we did start bringing up, like, random people that people knew. We're like, come and, like, on, come on. Three people. You like, know, he's, like, big in the club. Ones. He was right. big in the club in 98. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyways, that's how we met. We hit it off. Yes. I never left your side. I, I became one of your teeny boppers like like the rest of this crowd. You know, I actually said walking into the building, it's 10 o'clock at night. We don't run hours like this over at Danny Joe across the street. Maybe that's what we're doing wrong. But <laughs> I walked into the building and the guy says to me, what are you here for? I said, Gary Vaynerchuk. He said, do you have a meeting? I said, sir, it's 10 p.m. Do you really think I would show up without a meeting? And he's like, He's like, that's what happens I was like, around do here. Do that here, and then I was like, oh yeah, Gary. You know, Gary V's really famous. You know what's and and I love people, and they know it. So people do random things like drive from North Carolina. That's and creepy. Stand outside, or like offer to drive you to the airport so they can have that ten minutes with like, you. It's like very creepy. Let me do you a huge favor, Gary. Let me drive <laughs> you to your hotel room after you have a flight. Yes, of course. So I can like literally dissect your business for thirty-eight minutes. So okay, let me let me break this down for you because I. With Jimmy Johnson, so I met Jimmy Johnson at a wedding. 
I mean, I didn't. My my brother in law said, "Oh, Danielle, he's like a big deal. Like it's NASCAR." And I was like, "I was like, what's NASCAR?" And I'm just kidding. I was like, "Oh, cool. He's like the Jacksonville girl. You know, of course I know NASCAR. I'm down and dirty." And so I said, "Oh yeah, he's at the Sierra Blocks." Anyways, point is, when I interviewed Jimmy. I didn't know Jimmy that well. Like I, I feel like you and I know each other. That's you, right. You we have to be like, careful doing inside baseball jokes. We're not. We I'm not going to do that. Okay. But my point is, like, I I researched NASCAR. Like I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to have a little bit of an education about. How'd it go. It was fine. I think I got through the interview. But then my fiance Brandon actually said, "Daniel, it's so much more interesting when you just talk and do what you do best, which is have conversations with people." That so, makes you know what? I already now know that the Jimmy interview is garbage. Here's why. You, I agree with your fiance. Jimmy, was, Jimmy took a no, chance Jimmy on an unknown was great. kid. You Jimmy were was terrible. One. No, no, you were. Te- here's why. This is what I love about you. This is where I do think we have a real. real no, no, I could, I could smell it from a million miles away. We are. I am. If you told me right now, I have to walk across the street and give a keynote to the entire Madison Square Garden audience, I would dismantle it, like tear the place down. If you ask me right now to read the first page of one of my books in front of the eight of us, yeah. I would fold like a cheap chair. Right. Because it's not my comfortable zone. I don't like reading, I'm not good at it, and like I would not be able to deliver. You being like an inner, like you need to be, he's exactly right, you need to be you. When you're you, unstoppable. I'm when you're baby, not you, I'm just like disaster. You. I'm, I'm baby, I'm baby G. I'm, I'm baby Gary. I'm just like you. I'm the female <laughs> version of you. No, but the thing is, I was even talking to Trouty and Nate out there, and they're like, oh, like, you know, I'm harassing yes. them. They're interviewing me. We're both sussing each other out. They're getting juice on, you know, yes. what I think about the best wines. Yes. You know, they're, yeah. they're good. They're nerds. And, um, you know, I found out the one, yep. uh, Nate worked with you at Wine Library 100 right. years ago. You know, yes. I did my due diligence. Yes. And, and he said to me, so what's the deal with the podcast? And I was like, you know what? I, I just am doing it because I want to do it and I enjoy it. And it's my fun. I was like, first of all, I'm not making money off of it, which we're going to have to talk about in a second, Gary. But I said, you know, it's just, it's my break from my life. Like it's, good. I've been doing what I do for so long and I've been so confined to the fashion industry. And I think a God-given gift of mine is to just be able to communicate and connect with other people. And I'm, I basically cherry picking the most fascinating people I've come across in my journey and I'm shooting the shit with them on my podcast and he's like oh so that's what it's about and I was like yeah and I have no filter so I call it no filter and I told him I said you know Gary's actually the first one I'm walking into not having research I, I mean I listen to your podcast so it's not like I'm like going into this completely blindly but I didn't prepare anything like I don't have and questions and it's why it's going to be disproportionately the best episode yeah, you so have the by far best guess you've had so far, 100%. and you're gonna Sorry, be in the guys. you're gonna be in the right zone, I and think I think so. that's right, right? But what? Okay, so anyways, I, I'm, I'm if gonna, we I'm, filmed our pencils of promise dinner content, oh my that God. would be the most listened to podcast of all time. Forgot Gary. By the way, you <laughs> sat next to me at like. I never see you except when, when we're we, seated in like nonprofit or business events. Or when there's like a microphone in front of our faces. <laughs> right. I actually saw Gary onto the in the way to the bathroom just now. It was like awkward. We were like, hey, yeah, I was like, you're, I we're don't like, s- we're not being recorded. <laughs> yeah, we're not in a nonprofit. <laughs> we're like, hey, I'll see you in there. No. It's literally like high school friends <laughs> that are on the same team, but they're not friends outside of the team. Yeah. So like, they're awesome they're tennis buddies or football buddies like or wrestling buddies. Water. But it's in like, a, like the hallway at school, they're like, uh, Right, yeah, that's, <laughs> did you not just notice that happened to us? No, okay, but what I find so fascinating about you, other than the fact that your name's Gary, my dad's name's Gary. And it's a rare name. It's a really rare It's name. actually ridiculously rare. Like if you play the Gary Ready for this? Game, Everyone listening, think of five Garys. You're finished, you have no shot. Gary Snyder, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep, Gary the fucking snail. Gary the fucking <laughs> snail. I think it's, that's it. Gary, Col- Gary Coleman's dead. Is Gary Coleman alive? No, he's Isn't died, it right? weird he when died. that happens to you with like really well-known people? Oh my God, like, it happened I... to me to somebody who passed away nine years ago and I was convinced they were still alive. And weirdly, I ran into his granddaughter today, Yogi Berra, like the baseball player. I, for some reason, thought he were was alive. Were you like, how's... No, but how you, insane you kept... is it that in my life, for who knows what... Re- what's that? He's yeah, passed away. Right. Yeah. There, for, so, for no reason did I... I'm like living life and I decide... a. <laughs> Yankees catcher from the fucking 50s and 60s. It's I weird. need to know, I decide he's still alive, but I have yeah. to look it up, and I'm like yeah. devastated that he's not, but then I quickly recalled, like right now I remember, and then that just happened like four weeks ago. That's just life. 
No reason, no rationale, nothing on TV, nothing was said. And then four weeks later, I'm doing a podcast. I did another podcast today with Bobby Brown. And I I saw this. And got a little jealous. Her and her like one of her team members is Yogi's granddaughter. And I'm just I didn't say anything, but I'm like, fuck you, life. She's listening to this. You know, those of course she is. This is a huge this is your biggest, this is your most listened to. You know who else is listening to this? Who? Your future grandkids. So let me tell you about why this is the coolest thing. Knowing you and knowing the social butterfly that you are, but in the best way. Thank you. The fact that you're documenting this is gonna mean so, do you understand that you're listening to this right now as an 88 year old laying on the beach and just like thinking back to this time? That is what this is for me. Right, see, did that just fuck with you? Yeah. Yeah, no it's super, like this is what people don't get. Like we are all now gonna live the lives of what fame, like you know how cool it is to be Frank Sinatra's great, 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 like it's cool. Yeah. Like you're like this is my grand, grand, this is my great, great, grandfather. Like it's cool. Now everybody's gonna have that. Yeah, we're gonna be like the Hemingways. We are all, I don't know about that, but like, you know, maybe you are, <laughs> but I'm gonna be more like Crazy Eddie or something. But like, I, I think it's super neat that everybody in this room is very likely going to be the patriarch and matriarch of their families because in 400 years, there'll be so much more content of you than even your parents or grandparents that that will kind of be like, I, I genuinely believe the majority of people right now that are living are setting the framework for their family's name. It's crazy though because when you think about it, when we were growing up, cool, it was, right? are they gonna be in, in a history book? Like will, will you know, so-and-so's yeah. grandfather, like you're reading about him in this history, history book and whatnot, but now with the way that- Everybody's in the history book. Everyone's, yeah, in the online history In book, the best like, way, right? Like not everyone's gonna be so known or this and that, but like the fact that every family gets it, it's cool. I I used to always say, and it really played out given the political climate, but I used to say something all the time back in 2008 and 9 uh, at conferences where I was like, look, you don't know if your grandparents were racists. And it was my whole premise back then of like, be thoughtful about what you post. And obviously shit's, you know. Shit went in a very, yeah. But, But you know what, I'm so pumped. Like all the people that are spewing hate, I can't wait for the 23 year old today that spews hate on social to have that conversation with his granddaughter in 41 years. Every time, I I mean I'm, you know me, I'm so positive. Like the the thought of being mean to another human being to me is literally unacceptable. Like everyone's like, why has Vayner got such a good culture? I'm like I fire everybody who's negative. (laughs) Like I'm just (laughs) incapable of being comfortable in it. Anyway, nonetheless, I'm getting off a tangent. I'm pumped that people right now that are spewing hate will have to look at They'll their granddaughter. They'll have to be held accountable because it's gonna be Their granddaughter's gonna anymore. walk into, like, and they're gonna fucking, it's, I can't wait. I'm so pumped that they have to feel that pain one day. You can't imagine. Speaking of granddaughter, speaking of, I just really tripped up on that. No speaking of granddaughters yes. and family, um, there's two things I definitely wanna talk about that I actually thought about when I was walking into the office. One is family, um, because you and I are both obsessed with our families. Yes. And two is parenting and yes. your upbringing. Yes. So let's start off by, you grew up in Belarus. Yes, well I was born in Belarus. Born I came in to Belarus. the US when I was young. Give us the spiel because my listeners Don't are know. not necessarily, they're probably your listeners but maybe not. Yeah sure, so I was born in the former Soviet Union. I came in 78, I was traded for wheat because Russia was running out of resources. So Hyas, an organization that now is in the news, uh, got together and brought you know Jews from the former Soviet Union brought them to the US. I did the, you know, if you know any of these Eastern European, you know, especially specific Soviet Russian Jews, we did the whole like go to Austria, go to Italy. It was like a whole movement in the late 70s, big kind of like little culture pop, big, a small little culture pop, but it was an SNL skit. So it was obviously in the zeitgeist in the late 70s. I come to the US, we're super poor, the economy collapses. Jimmy Carter is the best dude ever, but the economy is wiped and so, we have nothing. My dad gets a job as a stock boy in a liquor store making two bucks an hour in New Jersey, commuting from Queens to New Jersey oh. for 3.05 an hour eventually. Just like, blow, you know, stuffed up, right? Like, obviously, you know, things were cheap, but nonetheless. My parents basically, you know, actually, I, I, I'm sorry to, I'm supposed to do the narrative. Went to New Jersey, lemonade stands, baseball cards, purebred entrepreneur, terrible student. My dad eventually saved every dollar for a decade, bought a small uh, bought a liquor store in Springfield, New Jersey. I got dragged into that business, fell in love with wine, collecting. 
as a 16 year old, memorized every, you know, got D's and F's in all my courses, but knew everything about, everything you needed to know about wine and baseball cards. And so like was clearly somebody who was willing to play outside the vortex and the framework and lean into his passions. It serviced me well my whole life. I launched one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America in 1996 called winelibrary.com. That was you turning your dad's liquor store into an internet national player. Changed the course of my family's life and mine. We made it, grew the business from a three to $60 million business. And then YouTube came out and I did a wine show. And that was a hit. And that was it. That like, first of all, it took 18 and a half months for anybody to give a fuck which is the best part of the story. When I tell kids patience, nobody watched. It took the roots 20 years. It's exactly right. And nobody, by the way, I need to, we need to harp on this because Questlove was my last yes. uh, interview. And he's, you, by the way, we gotta do a, a hang, we need to do a love, podcast I have, party. I have super, here. oh, by the way, that's a really good, by the way, Let's I will co-host co that with you. Guys, it's it's on the record. Since you're making no money, I'll pay for the economics <laughs> of the of the room, and the, I'll bring the wine. You bring no all money. your guests. I'm okay, in. Okay, I'm in. See, this, this is a great deal maker. So, anyways, what I was talking to you just made a great point, which is that um, you know it took you 18 and a half months to get recognition. No, for anybody to even watch. For anyone to let watch. me tell you exactly what happened. Every day that I ran Wine Library from 22 years old up until 31 years for nine years. The business grew month over month from the prior year by a minimum of 20% because it's the only thing I did with my life. And so I was on, I am who I am. So imagine all my, I mean, think about all the things we do, DRock. Like, like all my attention on just one thing, build this wine store. So it was clearly successful. The first month I started Wine Library TV, it flattened. That's how much effort I was putting into it. So, you know, for anybody who's ever been in a family or is a person that ha that had something, like came from nothing, had something, and then lost it, that's way worse than never having anything. That's what stops everybody. They're that's Questlove. Is that true? He, his dad was a famous doo-wop singer. Wow. I mean, they, by the way, we got it. I think we should do another episode with you, me, and Amir. Have um, you had Questlove on? No. The two of them, would they not be obsessed with each other? Um, first of all, I think it you makes, should, that's probably one of the best episodes I've done. He, I almost cried. He's, he's. No, listen, he, you know, and you know this, he's run in the circle of tech. So like, there's been like 47 missed, you know, what is that whole missed thing? Missed connections. People, yeah, that shit is awesome. Yeah. I'm a little too old for that because I was already in the game of like running the company, but like right. the whole thing, like you see somebody you put on Craigslist back in the yeah. day and now who the fuck knows where it goes, but like, hey boy with pretty eyes and weird scarf, <laughs> like that shit's rad. I need to find somebody who got married on a misconnection. Do you know, any, do you know does anyone if know you're of such listening. a person? Does anybody here know of such a thing? But you guys all know what that is, right? That's in culture, right? Oh, yeah. That shit's rad. Have you ever done one? No. You, I'm shocked. Really? I, I would think you would do it. I, you, really? Yeah, you feel like, you're cool like that. I mean, I'm You're cool. like humble I'm cool. like that. I'm cool. You're humble I'm like humble. that. I'm humble, I am not no. afraid of rejection. No, that's what, tell you you're that humble much. like yeah, that. I'm totally humble. The, the reason no, I, I thought you would haven't. do it. I don't even know if I'd be able to figure out how to post a misconnection. That's exactly right. That's you probably what no, my that's issue what was, and I don't have an assistant right. to help me do it, so. Well, but you should never have Thank somebody God post. Thank God he found me and we didn't miss each other. No, you should never have somebody post on your behalf. What you just said there really threw me off. Don't have an assistant post. No, me. I'm saying like to figure out, yeah, I don't have an assistant, so that wouldn't have happened anyways. But the truth is, that's also a great place. That actually if you want something takes me done, to a totally different place. That's so gangster. <laughs> I wonder how many people have had their assistant post their misconnection. That's the, per actually forget it. Do not I contact me if you've thought. done a misconnection. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from you if you're the assistant <laughs> of a human that asked you to post a misconnection. Okay, fine. And they should email Gary. By the way, Gary let me Anderson. let me bring this all the way back. Yeah. The biggest vulnerability to all the youth, which I'm obsessed with, I hate that people shit on young people, I'm obsessed, is the lack of patience. This thought that you printed 50 t-shirts and a week later you're gonna be supreme with your business <laughs> or that you've taken two cute photos and you're yeah. gonna be a supermodel. Right. Like it's just the, the complete entitlement and lack of patience that the current parents have created for the 18 to 25 year old in our society is an enormous vulnerability and I do think one of the reasons a lot of nice things have happened to me in community building is there is a level of like truth that I'm spitting to people 
with love. Like I'm super positive love. Like I want everybody to win more than life. I think there's so much abundance. If you live in America, there's you need to wait the yeah. fuck up and yeah. realize where you're playing. There's so much abundance. I'm just trying to eliminate entitlement and fake environments. Like I have kids literally like shit on their parents and then like I'm curious because I don't like the way they're talking about their parents and I, and I come to find out that their parents are pay, bought their apartment and pay for their Uber and I'm, yeah. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Right, they gave like, you everything. Like you're mad at your parents for not writing a million dollar check for your ridiculously shit business idea <laughs> yet they pay for your Equinox membership? Like you're a fucking piece of shit. Um, I love when you talk about parenting, actually. I want to talk about your parenting. Okay. Last episode, you, me, Jerry Farrar, your yes. your podcast, which is when my podcast mm-hmm. was born, you said to me, um, and Jerry, and Liz, um, you talked about social media, and you actually don't think it's a bad thing. We, right. we had a conversation. Right. Yeah. Jody was in the room. We were talking about her kids. Yep. Um, and you said, I think this is the new language and I think it's important for kids to be on the internet yep. and tweeting yep. and using Instagram. Yep. I want to talk about that with your kids. Into what? it. So th- so, your ki- so we've got um, when Xander. My do- when, Xander and Misha, when my daughter Such said. Solid names, by the when way. When my daughter said that her idol is herself the other day, it was the best <laughs> day of my life. I love that. This is a self-esteem game. This is a lack of entitlement, self-esteem, don't impose, parents use children as collateral for their own self-esteem or lack thereof. Good parenting is like good management. Like you need to put your players in a position to succeed. Not based on what you want, but based on who they are. And what their people always is. People always think, I, like people ask me all the time, they're like, they think I want my kids to be entrepreneurs. I could give a fuck. I want my kids to be as passionate about whatever the fuck they do in the way that I am. Right. And if that is to like make paintings out of tomatoes, then I'm like, let's go. Right. The end, I mean it. <laughs> How does he even come up? I love the paintings out of tomatoes. I, I like Do that Do we idea. think it's more Xander yeah. or Misha thing? I don't know, and like, they're, you know, they're young and, they're, and all this stuff, but like, I'm super duper all in. I'm putting them in a position to succeed. The end, and I just wish parents did more of that. Yet, first of all, immigrant parents, Asian culture, fascinates me. One of the reasons I'm excited I'm opening a Singapore office is that I'm gonna be able to speak in Asia, including India. Americans aren't really good at geography. Uh, so I'm just trying to help out here a little bit. Uh, I, uh, I am excited about that because that is some of the worst using your children as collateral behavior I see. Like, like you were miserable that your parents made you an engineer and now you're making your kids do you know that we're about to potentially lose, big shout out to Hassan Minaj, we're about to lose, the like there's literally momentum to lose affirmative action in this country because, because Asian American elites are mad that Harvard's not taking more Asian Americans. Like that is like on the precipice of actually happening. And I'm back to like this very weird merit thing. I love that we're gonna lose such a great thing out of bad behavior because that's how life should be. And so I think about this stuff a lot and so parents are a disaster because they lack self-esteem and then they treat their kids as a self-esteem closer and so bumper stickers bumper stickers on people's cars have become this crazy symbol to me when I drive or like when I'm in life <laughs> that really bothers me and I know it's listen some people go to three they're, they're alumni they're proud of it there's plenty of good I'm unfortunately in a place right now that when I see a Cornell bumper sticker, I'm already in like this dark place of like, fuck you. <laughs> you ruined your kid and made them go somewhere they didn't want to and Cornell's right. chill. Like, you know, like, but like, it's, it's really on my mind. And I'll tell you the big one. There, if you're a parent and you pay for that school, I'm already feeling better. Parents that make kids take on debt to check a box so they can seem good at the country club or at work or at a tea. Fuck them. So my parenting style, the reverse of that. So you're, so are, is uh, Misha or Xander like you, personality-wise? Yeah, they've got, of course, you know, like they've got- like they're their you know, dad. Yeah, exactly, they're, they're in the mix, you know? Um, like, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. I mean, I don't know. You, you just said so much that like, my brain's going to explode. I don't even know where to go. Um, 
Why do you love your parents so much? I'm obsessed with them. I'm a very I, aware. I, I'm obsessed. That's, that's I mean, a, that's a, I'm, I'm aware. Don't look at your fiance. Tell me. No, I know. They, no shit. You know he what knows. it was? They. I know, um, like, casually over three conversations. <laughs> he clearly they're, knows. They're all I talk about. I think it's the way. I think. But why? Like, it's like just straight made, shooting the shit. Why? My parents love me so much, and they, they're two of the most selfless humans I've ever met in my life, and they always. That's it. They they always set me up to be me. They set me up to be me and do whatever I want to do. I know your your answer because it's the only reason kids love their parents. It's why I do and others do. Like kids will go, kids love their parents when parents abandon them, disappear and have a secret family and then they still try to fucking find that fucker 36 years later. It's so deeply ingrained. Yeah. When your parent actually does tremendous behavior. It's like. Do you know I basically spent eight to 16 years old having nightmares that my parents died. That's how much I love my parents. I love them so much, and I still love them, but like I was obviously younger. Like, <laughs> like I, love them, I love them so much. Now you know, I'm really happy that I'm, literally it took me a long time. I, don't, I probably into my mid thirties. Like the greatest, like the, cri- the, greatest the, the world. crippling thing of my life was fearing them. You know, pre-cell phones, life was weird. My mom once, I was babysitting my sister and brother once, and my mom was like two hours late because there was a massive accident on Route 78 in Jersey. How old were you? I was 15. And you had a panic attack? Panic attack? I went outside and prayed on the porch because I was 97% convinced my mom died in a car accident. And then she came home and was like, Gary. I was like, yeah. (laughs) And ran and played like Zelda. But like, I like really like, like I was really like, that I love my parents so much. But maybe I, that's why we're the same person. You well, I think, I, look, I think a lot of our connection point of friends has to do a lot with like, look, we're optimistic, we're on the offense, we like people, like, like man, you know, and I, and I wonder, it's funny, we, we haven't talked that much about your dad, but one of the things that's super interesting to me is I think I'm actually super likable because I'm selfish, because I understand myself and I put myself in a position to be happy which gives me a framework to be selfless. Yeah, because you're spending you're, you're spending your energy in a happy place doing it's what you 10, love. It's fifty six at night. Oh, I love you. On Gary. a Tuesday night. No, 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 no. You're spending time with no, me. No, 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 no. This is what I do. Right. Like by all current politically correct standards, I'm a disaster. I don't but come you're happy. Home. But I'm happy, which allows me to like make everything else happy. Like it's like, and I have the weekends and seven weeks vacation, which is right. actually when you add it up a lot of time. And like right. when I'm there, I'm there. And like, you know, and so like, super intrigued by the world. Anyway, I'm, that's my answer to your question. Um, I w- I'm so overwhelmed by it. It was so good. I, I think you know, New York City is a tough place, and I think it's we- a tough place if you're insecure. Because somebody's always gonna be prettier, somebody's always gonna be richer, somebody's always gonna be more connected. But like when you're like me and you don't you give thrive a on fuck. It. Right. Like I don't know any you know, I was you know, last episode, like a lot of my friends were like, Man, you really think that girl is cool? Because I called you cool like nine hundred times in the episode. Well, but, but there's I mean, a there's what but fuck them. No, no, I mean, no. They I were saying cool. they were say, that's true. They weren't right? okay, guys. Com- c- calm it down. Sorry. They were both they were actually edit out the F bomb. Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely fine. don't edit it. No filter. No Oh my god, Gary's the king of F bomb. You haven't even dropped one. I've been cursing the whole time, but you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> um, so to me what's super interesting is you're this is a great conversation to have with you. You literally actually in a New York world in the last decade, actually know everything. Like, like, just let's call it what it is. What I think is super fascinating that I am not is like, you know the restaurants. You know the people. You know the place. You just do. You're, you're that person, which is amazing. What's super interesting to me is I know nothing. Like, I play, and this has been my whole life. Like, what's been really, I'll give you the comp. Uh, a lot of the former, I'm 43, a lot of the club guys and gals from the late 90s when it was still like bungalow, like when, right. when the club culture in New York was still like really elite because it's so different now, right? right. The, a lot of them are now building new We're businesses. We're going to marquee after this. <laughs> a lot of them are now building new businesses around the same theory. So you're gonna, you're about to see a huge bubbling up of like clubs, like like Soho Soho House 3.0, right. like just everyone's trying to hack what the new experience is. What's the next community? 
correct, in physical form right. that has the essence of the old New York, right. which was, it wasn't how much money you had where you could just buy your way to a table, which is what ultimately ruined it. It's eclectic, right? It's supermodel X, but like weird fat dude Y, and you're like, why is he here? But like you knew it's weird, and like fuck, he's probably like Madonna's brother. Like, like you know, like it was just like, it was what it was. Anyway, a lot of those characters are now talking to me because of the way social and my career has played out. They think I'm cool because I'm a good entrepreneur and that's what they really are, right? right? And I'm talking to them and as I've gotten to know all these players right. over the last five years, and especially last three years, they always ask me inevitably questions like, but wait a minute, like, you know, like they're always like, didn't you come to my club? Like they think, you know, in, like, a, in, no, a very, no, no, in a very nice way. They're like, you know, when I tell you from, <laughs> from 22 to 30, I didn't go out once in my life. I didn't, re I don't know anything, I still don't. It's my behavior. That's basically what I want my kids to be like. Not that I don't want them to go out. You want them to love where they're spending their time so I want much them, that they don't need to feel like they need to no, like. The, I, I want them to not hear anything. It's hard in the fashion industry to not hear anything. It's hard in human life. Yeah. It's hard to not, it is, I will say my great gift is that I'm incapable of valuing other people's opinions at any level that is significant enough to dictate my behavior. Even your wife? Even my wife. And your mom? Yes. And your kids? Yes. So you can imagine what I think about some socialite or Sandy Pants 49 <laughs> in the comments or LeBron James. I don't give a fuck. I have to just, can we tell a cool story? Because you did get, you really boost, you, you, you made me feel good. <laughs> in the last episode when you told me I was the coolest <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah. I really believe I'm gonna it. give it, I'm gonna pay it back. So okay. this is my moment to tell you you're cool. So I ran into Gary, not this past summer, the summer before, walking home from a fashion party at Spring Place. It was a going away party for a friend. Remember this? Could keep Remember going. this? Yeah, yeah I know her. And I see Gary in the shadows. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Gary, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, Danny, what's up? I'm uh, I'm waiting for a friend. I said, really? Do you want to go inside? Do you want me to like wait with you for a second? He's like, yeah, sure, let's go inside. So we walk into Greenwich Hotel. We sit down. We're waiting for Gary's friend to show up. And you know we're shooting the shit, whatever. John Mayer walks in and sits down. And says, Gary. Oh, no, no, sorry. Let me preface it by saying Gary said he's standing in the shadows. He's waiting for someone because they wanted to get some advice. Okay, he said, well, do you want to come in and wait with me until I get there? I said, sure. So John Mayer takes a seat and I'm like really confused. <laughs> and because Gary's my buddy. I mean, Gary, I knew you were famous. I knew like, you know, people were after you, but this is a whole other level. Like you're waiting in the shadows. Like some guy's <laughs> coming to like meet you. It's like Saturday. Like it was like very bizarre. It was, like, by really the way, it, was like, it was like Wednesday night at like 11.35 p.m. By the exactly. Way. So, so yeah, right. It was Wednesday night. Um, but anyways, the point is, John I Mayer, it wasn't Saturday because I don't do anything. I'm yeah, it was on a Wednesday, and I remember it being like weird because it was a going away party. Whatever, that was like when the kid had to leave, and so it was at Spring Place. It was like two blocks from your apartment. So we sit down, and John Mayer sits there, and it's like Gary, and Gary's like, "Oh, it's my friend." Yeah, I'm like, "Hi," um, and I proceed to watch you and John for an hour. John asking Gary a lot of questions about, you know, business. Is this okay that I'm doing? Who were there? I mean, <laughs> I'm super sorry, annoying. John. But you did say that I looked three years older than I actually <laughs> was. That was the best part. I forgot. Um, I was so pissed. Um, I was pissed. Um, but anyways, my point is like, I think a lot of people. I think what's fascinating about my podcast, which is the way that I've always lived my life, is that I feature people that aren't necessarily gonna make sense in my demo, right? So like, yes, yes, you you are the red Skittle in the sense that everybody likes Gary Vee. If they don't know you- Is, the, is red Skittles yes, the, the key Skittle. Skittle? Yeah, I mean, Gary, come on. They, they didn't have the red? red? Yes. Wow. I mean, everybody knows this that. Is, this, by the way, this is a big moment for me. Let me tell you <laughs> Guys. why. No, no, this is, this is exciting. This is exciting to me. I'll tell you why I'm so, so excited about this. I clearly take enormous pride in being outside the main system. When I tell you I hate the red one in everything, not the red ice pop, not the red Skittle. You like the yellow? Uh, I do like yellow. I'm obsessed with orange and purple ice pops. Okay, but there's I, no purple Skittle. No, the, you know. Yeah, but in, the, in that, 
No, in the standard Skittles, there's purple. Oh, I'm th- sorry. So you meant M and M. Sorry, guys. No, no you purple didn't. M&M. You just don't know your Skittles. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, no, no, don't whatever me. You, red. Guys, make a piece of content <laughs> for this episode. D does not know anything about Skittles. I know it doesn't matter. Maybe Skittles. Do you want to sponsor this episode? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm proud of you. That was really thank good. You. Maybe you could. You got Vayner Media. Can you guys lock that up for us? We can. We'll take care of it. Um, what, where I was going with this story, which what were we talking about before the red Skittle? Uh, cool. Skittles, uh, you've got a podcast of different people that don't make sense. Thank you. And I think that like, yes, NASCAR is not my demo. And like, you know, while I talk, I'm holding that Gary Vaynerchuk, you know how many times I've told that story about um, John Mayer when people are like, Gary who? I'm like, come on. I'm like, I pull out your Instagram. I'm like, still no? I'm like, okay, let me just break it down for you. I'm like, walking down the street, I see him in the shadows. And I'm like, then John Mayer pops out. Like, I think, what excites me is, um, you know how in, this is actually a really good topic because I think your following will appreciate this. You know how in Jerry Maguire, it's like, show me the money. I feel like my podcast is like, don't show me the money. <laughs> like, I go after the people that don't make sense for my demo. Right. Like, I, I, like I've always been like well, that. Well, first of all, you know what's funny? Don't show me the mic- money in the micro. For me personally, watching this from afar, but show me and forget using money as success and happiness. That's not even the right, yeah. Exactly, I know what you're saying. To me, this is the most excited I've been about you doing something and we've had a lot of different conversations about the business and things of that nature. You're such a people person. Right? The most. I I mean, I have to agree with you on that. Right, I mean like, (laughs) no look, look, as a person, as a person who can walk into any room and like win, yeah, and like in the best way possible, like yeah. just like that is a very rare gift. You have that. Thank you, Gary. It's, you're welcome. It's true, right? It's just I super true. I'm Brian. Look, I, I'm thinking as I'm sitting here, and maybe like 20 minutes before walking in, we could be, we could be an addition to your team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so I'll just you got contracts on the way out. I don't know when you hit the elevator, you like sign an NDA. <laughs> No, but um, yeah, I just think such an important, and I, and I think it's like, I'm I'm also having like a, um, I feel like this is a confessional a little bit because yeah, I trust right. you and I yeah. know you and yeah. you've been a friend and a mentor and I'm still talking about you and people are like, I don't really get what he does. I'm like, just trust me on this one. Um, I do feel like so much of life is like you fall into things that you're, yeah, maybe it's a skill set of yours, but maybe it's not like your happiness. You're like, like you know, like I'm good at what I do. I'm good at fashion. Like I'm yeah, good at styling. I'm good at putting a look together. But you being a personality of some sorts in a container is like 10x, it's right? Just, it, yes. But I think that that's like such an. You important... should probably do stand up comedy. Maybe, maybe. No, I don't. <laughs> I get you. Um, but I think it's important to figure out. You know, there are things that that. Before you wake up, you know, you could be 45, you could be 65, you could be 95, and you spent your life doing something that you're good at and you enjoy, but it's maybe not your your passion. I totally understand. And yours is super twisted the way mine's have always been, right? You're in a business with your sister and like, it's- And you had AJ. And then before that, my dad. Like, it's not so easy, right? It's like, there's other variables. So I wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about family business. Let's talk about it. It's fucking hard, but it's the best. And I think if you over-communicate, it's the greatest thing of all time. And if you're willing to choose the love of the person over money, you will always win. And that's why I've been super successful. So AJ now started is the sports. Is Jerry McGuire. Jerry we literally, McGuire. We literally have a sports agency. It's gonna be humongous. It's literally, watching Vayner Sports being built, the way we're building it, it's literally Vayner Media deja vu. Like super scrappy. You know, it's so funny you said, like it's so funny to live the, the framework that I've created for myself. I hear it all the time too. I don't know what he really does. Uh, I'm running a $200 million business as the CEO of it. Like, it's amazing. But yeah, how do we explain this? Because I, again, no, 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 the demo it's, issue, don't. like me trying to explain to, you know, uh, who did I tell? I actually told Chandra Johnson and Jimmy Johnson about you. I'm yeah. like, you don't know Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, I get it. Or, or it, you know. It, first of all, I'm super pumped. I think they told Brooklyn the, and Andy about you 100 years ago yeah. when I was staying at their house. Yeah. Like, who? And then, and then like Andy, his name's Gary, that's all you need to know. And Andy and I destroyed Ryan Harwood and Agassi this. and Pickleball. I heard so about this. About Look, they, everyone's gonna end up knowing who I am. 
So it's just a process. That's the sound bite. It's no, just, I agree. By the way, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so pumped that you get to get the credit of like discovering the band. You're gonna enjoy that tremendously. I, you should by keep the way, spewing my propaganda because I will pay I will. dividends on that. I have I have a few questions. You just did a cl- collaboration with K Swiss. Yes. How did that go? What Extremely are your thoughts on well. fashion? Uh, I think fashion's super interesting. I understand nothing about it uh, because I don't have the audacity to have that subjective opinion. And taste doesn't come natural to me. Here's what I'm obsessed with. Nostalgic brands getting rebooted is my love. Obsessed. We just, uh, Brandon and I were just in Portland, Oregon for a wedding. I'm obsessed with vintage. Tell, e- tell Eton to come in. Keep going. This is this a business meeting? Next. I have another meeting after this. Okay, how much, how much time come do in we here. have? Come in, gotta, listen, listen. We uh, got, you got yeah, 10 okay. minutes. He's, Eton, he's, come on. We need you. Um, we have a new visitor. Yes. Um, he owns Hunt and Fish Club, one of the best restaurants in New York City. I love this guy. Hunt and Fish Club where? Danielle. Don't mind the mind. You, you two would be outrageous friends. Really? Close the door. Wait, you oh. own Hunt and Fish Club where? In Midtown. See, I'm not as cool as you thought. It's true, because he's very cool. Look at the jacket. But you take a seat, take a seat. It looks really good. We're not going to give you a microphone. We just want you to be part of the party. Did you buy it in Vegas? I was very proud of you. You took a flight. Respect. All right, let's let's keep what focusing. Were we, we are in your podcast. About? Let's not let my. We just had friend. a really. I'm sorry. You were saying we were talking about family businesses. Then we segued to. Oh, vintage, vintage reboot. Oh, I was talking about the Culture PDX. It's this kid that used to work at Nike and left Nike yep. and has been collecting yep. <clears throat> old gear. All about it. He's like 19 or something. But I, I agree. It's bringing back the past. And that, so the my future. the main reason I built Vayner Media was to build a communications machine to reboot brands when I buy them after the economy. So I believe the economy. You're gonna buy distressed companies and reboot them. But I mean the economy needs to really, like the economy's about to melt. Yeah. Like good news, everyone's going out of business, right? And so when that happens, being able to buy over leveraged brands is gonna be interesting. Like, and there's a lot, lot of nostalgic IP, if you look at all the tchotchkes here, or brands. And so, you know, to me, I'm super excited about that. What's a dead brand that you wanna bring back? Uh, Sorry. Well, you know what's super funny? K-Swiss was like at the tippy top of the list because I'm 40, soon to be 43, and like K-Swiss was really legit. So you uh, reached I'll out give you to one. K-Swiss. I'm super into OP, Ocean Pacific. You you down with OPP? Well, that's exactly right. Like that kind of like stuff, it's not that one you know, but, but you I know, know what I mean. Know. Yeah, I know. Jams. There used to be these shorts that dominated 86. I want to bring back Umbro. British Knights. Remember I know Scooter Umbro? took that a run my, at it. Umbro challenge. is being rebooted right now. British Knights would be super fun. Uh, Ruse, kangaroo sneakers. I got a real thought about Ruse, this whole cross. The reason I'm opening up global offices is the other idea I have is take brands from different parts of the world. And, and bring them, them to other parts of the world. Uh-huh. It's all arbitrage. I love arbitrage. That was such a good, I'm making a joke with DRock. Some kid made a spoof video of me on YouTube for seven minutes. It is so well done. Like I literally felt like I well, We gotta it. watch like it, I, we gotta I, splice it into it's this teaser. absurdity. He fucking drilled it. Really? Yeah. He nailed it, it's super fun. Like watching yourself get spoofed is a real fucking treat. Cause you're just like, you're like, is this bad? Is this good? This is amazing. It's amazing. How many people viewed it? Would it go oh, viral? Zero, zero. Nobody's gonna watch it. But well, you know, now but, they are. But um, Gary, okay. Yes. So okay, I, I have more questions. Um, you talk so quickly, and you yes. command so much. You take up so much space in a room. Yes. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. I mean, like I'm like, like stuttering over my words and stuff because you you're such a power. I'm sure that doesn't work for you all the time. Like I'm right. sure you've definitely like said the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time because you're a million miles a minute and you like always have the floor. Yes. What's the last big fuck up? The biggest fuck ups are the ones I don't know about, right? So like it's interesting. People won't usually say, like people are just genuinely kind or non-confrontational. Like you don't realize till after the fact. There's fuck ups. I just don't know they happened. So it's it's the same, a, when people yeah. ask me about my mistakes, and I've got some classics, passing on Uber twice, uh, a, a new one that I rebooted recently that I completely forgot about. I bought a million dollars worth of Netflix two, two, uh, three holidays ago. Yeah. I was like, this is about to really get crazy. But the phone call with my broker got disconnected because I was walking in Mexico, like on my vacation to buy it. And then I was like, eh, I'm on vacation, I'll do it when I get back, and I never did it. It was a really bad idea. Like it's exploded since then. Like I have a lot of these good, like really like black and white, you made a business mistake, but no question 
the biggest mistakes I've made are the ones I didn't do. Uh, uh, I strategically didn't do Shark Tank a couple years ago. When Why? Because I, really, I didn't want to be a, a one-off. Yeah, like I, I, I in the back of my mind, shark. I said, no, I would have been thrilled to be a shark. It would have been great for me. This was even, your friend did, your buddy yeah, did. Higgins. I, I listened to that podcast. I, by the way. I, I, and this, by the way, doing Shark Tank two or three seasons ago when they really wanted me would have happened before this last eighteen to twenty-four months, where a lot has happened with my brand. So I was still kind of like on the come up. It was like it would have been an absolute big spike. I just didn't, I just in my mind, and it's interesting how things are playing out, I was like, I want it to be the premiere thing, not like a one-off. One you know, I just didn't want to. In the back of my mind, I was like, I would do one episode, I would steal the fucking show, everybody would realize I'm a disproportionate talent. <laughs> and I, would, I mean that, I mean that. I literally was like, right. I'll, I'll win and become like the thing, but I, uh, what's that? You think so? Why? Definitely not. I destroy. I love. I'm telling you right now. You only know how I interact with you. I love destroying faces when bullshit comes to me. I would be a great shot. I would be. I'm great. What's the, by the way? What's speaking of the? No, I would cry. Speaking but of like, the worst pitch, what is the worst? Because uh, you've been pitched every five yeah, seconds. You and your sister. Oh fuck! I'm off. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what is the worst pitch that's ever come to you? Where you were just like, actually, can I pull out my like recording device to record that? You know what's funny? It's amazing that nothing populated. On the flip side, almost all of them. We live in a completely delusional world where people think their idea is worth $7 million. But how much is it really the idea versus the person behind the idea it's the that's gonna morph it, it into it's whatever? It's the person behind it. You know? It's the person behind it. Right? 100%. It's the person behind it. It's why, you know, when we have a meeting now and we talk about next business ventures, like anything A10's gonna bring to me is like something I'm gonna always just, he's gonna will it to success. That's like me. Don't feel, don't feel special. I'm kidding. You know? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but I'm really, saying like, I bring you ideas. No, no, but like I've literally. Gary's our biggest investor, and no, I'm just kidding. I'm like literally. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like. What if I started that rumor? Should we start it right now? I'm into it. I think that um, I think there's a lot of bad ideas right now because everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur just like everybody wanted to be a rapper. But how much do you think that your your um encouragement and campaigning of being an entrepreneur makes people believe? that they really have the skill set to be an entrepreneur. Not a lot of people listen to me carefully. Like, I love entrepreneurship, but I talk about it not being fun and most people aren't and everybody's a fake entrepreneur on Instagram. But you don't and think you're the entrepreneur's greatest cheerleader? I think that I am out, I think it's a really important question that I'm actually thinking a lot about. So, I think that I was the entrepreneur's biggest cheerleader in a real way in 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and that then I started getting worried that it was becoming a caricature of itself, and my content started evolving, but people don't give you the time, nor should they, to listen to everything you put out, and so that because I was, and wrote a book called Crush It, and was investing in everything, that in a certain way, I got branded in a certain way, that was my truth. The problem was with my truth in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then when my content started changing, when I stopped investing and started getting worried in 15, 16, 17, 18, most people didn't, aren't putting the time to listen to what I'm saying, which is this is the great, I've said, D-Rock, how many times do you think I've said this is the greatest era of fake entrepreneurship ever? How many times? Gut feeling. 2000, D-Rock says, right? So. Do, I think people, I think I'm out there. I'm very well known as an entrepreneur, but no, I don't think so. No, I do not think that I'm. So I, you think most people <clears throat> follow you, and most of your followers are the people that you meet, and you go speak everywhere, and the people that are engaging with you on Twitter and Instagram, you think they just want to be around your energy, and they sure. they follow you because they want, they want to there's be inspired. A, look, there's a million different things, right? Like so, like to even today, like like I'm rushing back from Calvin Klein and their top 200 exec back to fashion and their top 200 executives. I want to know what were you talking to Calvin Klein about? I'm sure you do. I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about the part that the people that know me the best value the most, which is the steak part of me, is super valuable. Like I, I you know, I'm telling, and I, 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 it's so fun with everything that's happening now. I don't know what he does, or is he a model? Like, like, it's super funny to me. Like, I'm, I'm an executive, and I've been outrageously right and successful, right? Right, and I'm a good operator, 
And so, but do you think maybe it's because you're good at so many different yes. things that people are confused? They can't pigeonhole you as oh, he's a yes. uh, restaurateur yes. or yes. oh, he's an actor. Yes. Yes. Oh. And and I put out a ton of content that is very macro mindset, which is always going to lead to a place that I don't want to be in, which is a caricature of motivation. I get that. Here's my thing. I'm far more excited about the last two, three weeks where I have helped tens of thousands of people sell shit that's sitting in their house. Garage sailing. That's right. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I am. T- we should go together to Brimfield. Have you been to Brim- Brimfield, which is like the most glorified garage sale of all? No. Well, we're going. It's a four and a half hour drive. It's in Massachusetts. It sounds amazing. Bu- it sounds bougie. I mean, no. no. Okay. No, it's like wherever, but it's it's not bougie. It's not a garage sale. I mean, it's the literally market. It's fields of uh, antique furniture and tchotchkes. But is it no, more like dealers instead of normal people that I can rip off? It's a mix. It's a mix. I okay, mean, it's I like massive. I want to go. We're going together. Well, that's what D Rock. We're filming an episode. Trash talk um, episode nineteen. But I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, you should be wrapping up because Aton and I have a very important meeting. Oh, is there anything else we wanted to ask that we didn't ask yet? Happy to answer. What are your thoughts on Kanye West? Sydney <laughs> That's Sanders how you're going to set it up. Um, I didn't. I don't. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Kanye? West? This is super easy for me. You know, to Kanye's credit, I get asked this a lot, and it's super easy for me to answer. Does he follow you? No. Uh, not Do you I want know. him to follow you? I want every single person on earth to follow. Right. Him. Um, I Kanye, if you're listening, I don't have. Here's what I would say. Kanye and I share, an, and Taylor Swift and many others, Zucks, have a very similar skill set, which is we understand human behavior and what garners attention. And we all do Attention it, arbitrage. That's right. And we all do it very, very, very differently. I think he's hack. I, the truth is, I don't know. So I'll explain. It's super hard to watch him upset so many people. It's super fun to watch from afar, right? So all I know about Kanye is the blips. Like I don't follow him, I don't consume his content. I haven't heard any of his last three albums because he fucking put on title. Like, uh, so I don't know what's going on musically at all. The Trump thing is very obvious. I don't, I'm, I do not, I did not vote for Donald Trump. I don't like the politics. I don't like the negativity framework that's been created over the last two years. So that's uncomfortable, but I don't, the, the, it's a very easy answer for me. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know what he's truly thinking. I don't think he's trolling. Like, everyone who's like, he's just doing this for attention, doesn't, intuitively, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, like, what's super interesting is the things he brings up that I've hit by accident, there's a lot of intriguing thought in the process of what he's doing. And so, it's super interesting to watch from afar but I haven't, I've almost purposely not allowed myself to dig in deep enough to form an educated opinion. A, because I don't dig into anything like that content-wise. So for example, you'll appreciate this, this is actually how my brain works. My opinions on Kanye are predicated on the hundreds of thousands of comments on, about Kanye more than what Kanye's actually doing. My big move normally when something hits my zeitgeist, uh, Stranger Things is a big show. Oh, weird. Okay, I'll go. Wa- I'll go to Stranger Things Instagram or YouTube or, or Twitter, but I won't see what they're doing. I'll read everything that people have to say about it. I literally read. I want to actually. I've been throwing around a lot of numbers. I want to nail it. Man, I read a lot. I read thousands of comments about Cardi B before I allowed myself to even listen to a single song. And. Oh, I love the way she story tells. Um, but, uh, uh, but I, uh, but it was, it was. I really like consuming people's reactions more than the content that sparks the reaction. I really do. I like. That's why I think I'm good at America. I really understand America because I consume America's reactions to everything. That's what I actually do for a living. That's what I do. I consume people consuming, which makes me understand them better than a lot of people. Uh, last two questions. One, how, how should I monetize this podcast? My belief is that you do it the way I do things, which is I don't think you should monetize the podcast. I think the podcast- So just keep it, po- posting yes. them as- I think the podcast is a gateway drug 
to something that's going to be great for you. Okay, so just keep posting. You know, people are like, oh, archive them, hold them, don't post, don't put out the content yet. My number one favorite new thing in the last two years is pay attention to who's giving you the advice. And I've been doing a lot of that lately, and it's super fun. Like, All right, so, I, keep, so keep putting I out. give a lot of advice that like a lot of people will react very quickly and be like, man, everybody else is telling me this. And I'm like, and like who? And they're like, well, my Auntie, Auntie Sandy <laughs> and like my cousin Paulie and like, oh, this guy so who like made it big this, on Yahoo so back in 94. <laughs> I'm like, so put should, it out. I think you, sh- you have an incredible Rolodex of people that adore you and are willing to give you time. Right? I love you, Gary. Man, you have a lot of people. Tell Eitan who the fuck in your first six guests he's are. He's so over us, he pulled out his No, no, book. he's the best, he's the best. No, so, really, you guys so, are gonna be friends. So Gary is actually the reason I have a podcast. Don't tell him why you have a podcast. Oh, okay. What guests have you had in the first six episodes? Jimmy Johnson. The NASCAR racer. Quest Love. Well, it could Brooklyn have been the fucking Decker, head coach of the Cowboys. Chef Flynn McNary. Uh, and me. McGarry. That's right. I'm getting tired. You know, I'm right here in Dining World. You don't know him, it's okay. He's a child prodigy. He's amazing. Netflix show's coming out on called Dining with Flynn drops in November. So I am gonna drop his podcast in tandem with that. But yeah, I have some good I have some good talent. And you know what? You guys, you know, I know and you Gary. both pretty well. Like you guys have a very similar situation. You guys have an in- incredibly intriguing Rolodex of friendships that are predicated on the good part. There's there's a there's people that have relationships. They're just they're and then there's people that have friendships. Real. They're friends. Yeah, and, and they and they want to support you. And they you want would you. you would shit. I'm not gonna blow up his spot, but if he started a podcast, his first ten guests would make people's be like Barack Obama. Yeah, or, you like, know what? Yes, I gotta go. Yeah, you I'm kidding, yeah. I'm kidding. Like really, like he's That's one of the cool. few. Like literally, if you're like, hey, who's got a more intriguing true friendship Rolodex than me? He's one of the three people that probably would come to mind. So, so by the way, what we could go Moon on Dog on, Rex. By the way, we could we could go on on it together. Yeah, you guys should be co-hosts. All right, last question. You have one question. You fucked oh my up God. my whole night. Last question. Oh, uh, you're done. You're done. No, 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 no. It's just there's so many. I was just I thought I could have like two more hours. I'm gonna just say the last one. The last one would be, what's next? I know you're obsessed with voice. I am. What's happening with Instagram? Like, I will say a lot of small businesses are dying. It's a tough time in general. Magazines are dying. Department stores are dying. Those are not small businesses. Those are institutions that no, no, no. To I'm die. saying small. We're not evolving I'm saying the small, internet era. I'm saying small businesses are dependent on these institutions. No, we're, they're not. Historically, yes. Now we're going direct to consumer. But I'm saying historically, the way small businesses have been built is within the confines of that infrastructure, which is you're distributed, your name is distributed through magazines Great. and press. Yes, I, listen, I know how you, what model you played for your business, and that's right, PR yeah, and, and stores, and you're gonna go to social and direct-to-consumer, which is gonna be amazing, because you're gonna keep all the money instead of Bergdorf's getting half. Exactly. But what I'm saying is what's happening next? Like, what's next? With in, is I'm Instagram gonna blow up? What's, what? I'm not Nostradamus. You don't know? I don't, I don't. What I'm good at is not knowing what's coming next, I'm good at when something's happened, being faster than everybody and taking advantage of it. So what's going on with voice? You know, Alexa's and, and Alexa don't talk, uh, and Google. Alexa, are, you did hear him say last time I was the coolest person you knew, yeah? <laughs> yes. Uh, Alexa, don't answer. Um, I oh, think that, I think that, the mo- so let me answer it in a really good way. That's very sweet, Alexa. Uh, <laughs> I think that the number, I'll give you this because this will actually bring value to people. Watching everybody put their entire life into Instagram is the most interesting thing I'm watching. People are becoming so disproportionately reliant on Instagram socially and business-wise that when, not if, Instagram starts losing its attention graph, that's gonna be a big fucking problem for a lot of people. So fashion brands that used to rely on Vogue and Bergdorf's, who are now gonna be 100% fucking Instagram, are gonna be really sad in seven years, and that's what I'm watching. Diversity matters, and everyone's getting pot committed. They're not posting anywhere else, they're not doing anything else, all they care about is how many likes they got on an Instagram post, how their Instagram, here's my favorite. People care about how their Instagram layout looks when you land on it so that it's aesthetically aligned. Yeah, I mean, Gary, you sound like you work in fashion. I mean, that is fashion. That's, that was one of the things I spewed at Calvin Klein today. I'm like, that is what you worry about. Like, that's the stupidest thing on earth to What do they about. say? Of course we worry about that. Yeah, I mean, it gets into, you know. Um, 
Cool. I got to go. I really want to hang with him. Okay. It was so nice meeting you. It sounds like we're going to have a podcast together. No, no, no. Cut in nothing, bro. I'm 30 no, no, minutes no. late. We're hanging okay. out. You fucking okay, came let here at 11 say one, one more, My, Your time is as valuable as... I know you are. That's one the most more question. The, the ratio of Snapchat, how much time you are spending on Snapchat versus Instagram versus Twitter versus YouTube versus whatever. <sighs> Me as a human who's you never a human. had a true social experience because it's always been about business. Today, uh, Snapchat is 5%. Uh, Instagram is 50%. Twitter is 30%. YouTube is really, I don't, and I post on it, but I don't interact there. Facebook's quite low, maybe 5%. Um, I'm, I'm still missing percentage. I'm trying to think about what else I do because I do, I do, um, so that's me personally in my personal engagement. Now, but the team is. Yes, as a, as a brand, as somebody who produces content across the board, massively diversified. Website, email, text messaging platform, podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, What's that? Blog. Blog. I mean, like, like we're we're twenty five here, ten here, fifteen here, seven here, nine. The diversity is like I owned hundreds of thousands of text mess uh, like cell phones for my text messaging platform. Like, like I'm I'm not going to be vulnerable to anybody. I love you, Gary. Thank you. I love you more. So nice meeting you. Thanks for listening, guys. Find me on Instagram at Danielle A. Snyder.